0: Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Critical Twits Gaming Podcast. Today we're going to talk about Eurogamer Expo and catch you up on how we've been doing in our ongoing Netrunner and Malifaux series. Hello, welcome back to episode 46 of the Critical Twits Gaming Podcast. I'm Brian Ennis.
1: I'm Joe Lewin. (laughs) And I'm Jamie Myland.
0: And today we're going to be talking about Eurogamer Expo and a little bit of a chat about Netrunner and Malifaux. Uh, for the first time ever, we're recording it using the wonders of long distance technology, uh, which means you two don't have to put up with looking at my face, which is, you know, nice for you. I can see you're on video,
2: you. Brian, we do. I thought we'd
0: <laughs> just be looking at something else at the same time pictures of kittens and that kind of thing.
1: That's an idea, we could do that now. Okay.
0: <laughs> yes, so uh, this weekend just passed was the Eurogamer Expo. Um, I wasn't fortunate; I wasn't special enough to be allowed to uh, to go. Uh, but Jamie and Joe went along and flew the Critical Twits flag and T-shirts. Not mm-hmm. that well, you flew them; you didn't take them off and wave them at people. Joe, well, Joe
2: did. Oh, mm-hmm. well,
0: sexy times, Joe, sexy times. <laughs> well,
2: I didn't want to disappoint. <laughs> So,
0: should we have a little bit of a, a
1: chat about the Eurogame Expo? Yeah, so EGX twenty sixteen. Um, yeah, first of all, uh, I think we've got sort of a divided opinion of the day. Not that either of us thought it was outstanding, but um, we we do have slightly different opinions. Uh, Joe, why don't you take it?
2: Yeah, um, having gone to the uh, UK Games Expo, the board game version, uh, the last couple of years, well, last. Three years now, I think. Um, I was massively disappointed. I didn't think that there were... There, was, there wasn't there was much to do. There was lots of queuing. If you mm-hmm. enjoy queuing, it's definitely the place for you. Um, there wasn't anyone interesting to talk to. It was just a little bit bland.
1: Yeah, I think that was the biggest disappointment. Uh, disappointment for me was the um, you know, you would have to queue for an over an hour to see most of the things that would be more interesting. Um, and then when you did get to see somebody outside of that, nobody really seemed to want to talk about anything. Um, yeah,
0: so Eurogamer Expo is mostly video games, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. Um, it's a lot of previews for the, the big name publishers, really. Uh, though there was quite an interesting indie section, which we'll get onto in a bit. Um, and uh DVM Games were there as well just representing tabletop gaming. Um okay. so again we'll we'll have a chat about what that was as well.
0: So a very small amount of tabletop gaming and mostly video games.
1: Yeah, mostly video games. Um there was well I'll tell you about what um happened. So basically when we first got there, we were a little bit late getting there uh due to buses. But um yeah, we we managed to to get in, that was pretty hassle-free um and as soon as you walk through the door there was um sort of bombarded with um there was cosplay there was like food vendors that were selling things for far too far too much um and then just beyond that there was sort of a live twitch panel going on mm-hmm. which was quite quite interesting um so people were sort of playing some games and people interviewing each other um I think there were um, there were actually a couple of those going on at different stalls mm. throughout the day which, which was which was nice to see yeah um so there was that side of things uh and then everywhere else there was kind of these massive setups um where you could sit down and play some games um some of the latest games that are coming out which at the time when we were walking around there didn't seem to be many people actually in the booths playing the games but there were massive massive queues to get to them with like signposts that say one hour wait from here and they were past that Ooh. yeah and as we were only there for like four hours ish um, we thought we were going to avoid those for the most part.
2: I mean, just, just as... That, that's actually a really good point. I didn't think about that on the day, but there were loads of people, like free computers mm. on nearly every single one and massive queues. So I don't know if they'd forgotten about certain rows of stuff. But yeah, that that was
1: very odd yeah i don't know if it's maybe because they were still setting things up and getting things going at that time but even later in the day it seemed to be a little bit along those lines um there's quite a cool looking setup for a racing game can you remember which one it was joe um i've got the picture gran turismo i believe gran turismo one. Uh, but they had these kind of futuristic blue pods so that looked like they should have been out of uh tron um Ooh and loads of people well say loads of people queuing up to play on them and at the time there was one person sat in one of the pods and there's probably about 20 of them so not quite sure what was going on there no I kind of
2: got that feeling throughout the day though if I'm honest like kind of going oh why why's is why is that a thing
1: yeah
0: I suppose it is a full weekend event isn't it so if you're going to commit to the whole weekend then maybe a bit of queuing isn't necessarily the end of the world but no if you're there
2: yeah i, th- I think what happened like, with like, with me at least was that um having been to uk games expo i obviously you guys have come with us for a couple of years now brian um you can wander around you might want to wait 20 30 minutes or go oh can we play this and they'll go yeah cool come back at mm. two o'clock we've got a space we'll yeah. write your names down even dragon meat so you weren't just stood around yeah
0: even dragon meat which is only a single day um is very much like that you're not wasting time um, sort of queuing and waiting to do stuff there's always things you can be doing mm. um, yeah it, it reminds me a little bit when you guys were talking about the queues of, of going to a theme park um,
2: that's, that's exactly what the day was like
0: yeah. <laughs> you're waiting
2: you could queue up to, to play on the rides for half an hour yeah you're
0: waiting a long time for a short um, hopefully really really good experience Mm.
2: But I, it just, I don't know, it, it felt very much like it was made to appeal to the people that like flashing lights and everything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, there were... Because it was. It, the, the lights were down, everything
1: was all lit up Neon. and... It's, to be fair, it's actually quite cyberpunk, which does appeal, but yeah.
2: <laughs> if there were more people wearing mirror shades and uh, trench coats, I'd have been yeah. happy enough. But sadly, it was not to be... <laughs> this is true. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm the kind of uh, person that if I was to go to Thorpe Park or to Alton Towers, I would buy myself a special wristband that would allow me to skip all the queues because I fucking hate queuing. Yep. It drives me up the wall. Um, I hate wasting time. Um, was there any of that?
1: <laughs> no. Um, we Some of the people we were with did suggest that that would be a good idea at the time and were looking mm. for it, but nobody actually managed to find anything like that.
0: I think with an event like that it's probably not doable mm. unless they were sort of strictly rationed All very um, expensive did you manage to get a go at anything new
1: um we didn't actually like I say really play much ourselves because of the queuing but we did watch some people playing things at least one thing is even if there were big queues you could pretty much get to sit and stand behind and watch people play the games okay um so i know we did check yeah, out no, I mean the- um gears of war 4 and battlefield 1 okay um, which I think Joe knows more about than I do, because I've been out of those sort of games for quite a while.
2: Gears of War looked like Gears of War, but shinier. Very, very shiny. Very shiny S- slightly more
0: but... shades of brown.
2: Um, um, yeah, there might have even been a tint of a slightly worn-off blue yeah. oh, at times exciting.
0: as well. It's nice to see a series really develop itself um, <laughs> and spread beyond grey-brown um, and gunmetal.
2: Battlefield didn't look any better than it did when I used to play like Battlefield 2 back in the day. I thought
1: the outdoor scenes looked kind of shiny as well, uh, but again, gameplay-wise, looked pretty much like any other Battlefield game, which probably... Character models look uh, shit. When the, when the close-ups yeah, when they, well. they're holding the guns, the, the yeah, they look quite poor. So, that was
2: uninspiring. Um, Horizon mm. Zero Dawn mm. looked really yeah, cool.
1: Yeah, so... I, I didn't know anything about this going into this. I've not heard of it before, but to me, my first impressions were kind of like a futuristic Shadow of the Colossus. Okay. Yeah, sort of climbing up these... Is it that um, one climbing up the climbing up the dinosaurs? and?
2: Yeah, it's like machines are now in charge of the world, but those machines are just mechanical dinosaurs. And... It, yeah, it looks interesting. Um, to be honest, I watched a 10-minute thing on it on youtube when i got home and found that far more informative than anything at the show but i genuinely felt like i was i was doing youtube where i had to walk between Mm. trailers um it was overpriced merch Mm -hmm. and the food prices i didn't mind quite so much jamie because i'm used to the uk games expo food market outside expensive you're paying six seven quid a meal yeah, because um, it's well, one of these events of audience,
0: aren't you? Yeah. in any kind of gaming expo etc etc they're going to charge you more especially if you're where were you? where was this taking place?
1: NEC it's Birmingham the NEC again. Uh, Auditorium 3 wasn't it?
0: yeah so I you're think. not
1: uh, yeah not
2: in the same bit we've been before Brian I've never okay. been to that so bit you're not,
0: before you're not in the middle of somewhere you're kind of out of the way you can't just down to McDonald's. Well, for...
1: actually, right next door to where we were was a Weatherspoon's, so that, so that was okay. Oh, okay.
0: But if you've only got four hours,
1: you don't want to
0: be wasting um, time. Well, place. so you're still kind of
2: captive.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is we how did actually spend was. a good hour in Weatherspoon's playing Netrunner. Oh, cool. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best hour yeah. of the um, day. We also spent another hour of the day uh, near the SDBM Games. Uh, tabletop thing playing Netrunner. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we could have queued, but, yeah. Now,
2: one of the big comparisons I wanted to draw when we spoke about this was how we spent two of our... We, yes. we got there at, what, 11?
1: 11, 11.30. No, it's almost 12, actually.
2: We left at... We left at mm. f- almost 12, left at four. Spent nearly half that time playing Netrunner, but I felt yeah. I'd seen yeah. all the stalls. Um, now... I know from the last few years, we'll go to UK Games Expo for three whole days, get there at nine, leave at like six, and at the end we'll go, oh, did you see this? No, I missed that. That, looks, that sounds amazing. And you know, spending three days in a place that was in a slightly smaller room, I felt like I'd seen more and missed more than I had in this tiny little, what felt like a very, it felt like a very small event, even though it was on a big scale. Because there just wasn't a lot of content, I don't think. Mm. It was a A game. It was very <laughs> shiny, but there was shit all to it.
0: So, yeah, I suppose if half if people are waiting an hour for something, that would indicate that there's not a lot else for them to do with that hour.
1: Mm. No, not really.
0: Oh, was there um, anything positive? We saw an orc. Okay.
1: Uh, the orc was quite cool. The orc um, was cool. There's pictures on Twitter. That's an orc with a K, isn't it? Yes, it's one of the uh, 40K orcs yes Mm -hmm. future orcs Uh, which yeah um we weren't actually allowed to touch because it seemed quite fragile but we got a picture with it (laughs) oh yeah the lady with it was very very protective "Don't, don't touch him I've got a feeling he probably fell over the day before or something so yeah I can say yeah um So yeah, we we didn't spend much time with the the sort of AAA games. Like I say, it really wasn't worth queuing from what we could see. Um, We did have a quick look around the indie games section. Um, And again, I didn't stop to play any of the games, uh, more just watch other people playing them. But some of them look kind of intriguing. Like, I think I will probably keep an eye on a few of them. So um, I think the first one we saw was called Political Animals. Uh, I don't know if if you've seen that yet, Brian, anywhere. No, I haven't heard of that. It kind of looks a little bit like something like Democracy 3 or one of those type of political games. Okay, yeah. But with like kind of cute cell-shaded animals and things like that. So it's different. Um, Kind of like a a map of the UK um, to sort of, I think, control as well. So yeah, uh, that looked intriguing. Um, There are quite a few kind of retro-styled Games um, as always is with the indie developers. So, um, the, if you do you remember the Dead Pixels game? Mm, uh, yeah. the, so Dead Pixels Two was there. Uh, it looks very shiny in a retro style, um, kind of your standard um, sort of Streets of Rage style beat 'em up, but with kind of a little bit more updated graphics. I
0: I, I love those kind of games. Yeah, I do too. Maybe, maybe I'm showing my age.
1: <laughs> no, no. I, well, I guess so. But I think there's quite a lot of people now that, in a way, have. Grown up with the retro games, so like yeah. in a way, to them they're new, which is weird. So... You played Scott
0: Pilgrim side mm. scrolling beat 'em up.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was quite good. That was great. Yeah, it was. So oh. there's, there's, yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that they're they're still, in a way, we're gonna have. I feel like we're gonna have like a retro time at some point for retro games. So there'll be like maybe in twenty years' time. The, those those games will probably have died off again a bit. And then suddenly all the people that grew up with these retro-styled games will suddenly be like, oh, I remember those style games.
0: Yeah, I know. mean, like a retro game to me is sort of like that 2D pixel art and that kind yeah. of thing. Um, but people have started to make um, games that look like the old sort of PlayStation 1, the very first 3D games on yep. consoles. Um, and they've started marketing those as being retro. Mm-hmm. Um, but having the, the terrible graphics as it feels to me I suppose if that's what you grew up with then that would tweak that nostalgia gland yeah Uh, actually Joe and I
1: Joe and I will be doing exactly that in a few days time Um, actually after this podcast goes out um, so before this podcast goes out the um, uh, STEM event in uh, Peterborough is happening on Saturday the 1st of October um where we're setting up a um a retro gaming stall so uh that i would say actually
0: this is going out on yeah. the 27th
1: oh is it okay yeah excellent uh, we'll so actually if you're minute. listening to this ahead of time and you want to come along to peterborough next saturday um come find me and joe at the um retro gaming store, we're going to have some uh, sinclair spectrums and uh, mega drives and things like that all set up um and maybe some retro coding happening at the same time Sounds good. Mm.
0: Excellent, yeah. Um, do you think there's a difference between what you've seen uh, probably Joe's probably best place to answer this. Is it a difference in sort of the culture that surrounds board games and tabletop games versus the culture that surrounds video games?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there is a massive difference. Um, I think I mean, not not necessarily just as a, from the experiences at the conventions, but Generally, I think if you've got people that are into board games and you go, hey, look, I've got this Mm -hmm. new board game, everyone will go, cool, let's try it. Whereas if I went, hey, do do, do you want to play this video game? Uh, (laughs) If it was an online one, Brian would go, nah. If it was this sort, someone else would go, nah, I don't like those ones. If someone came up to me and went, this is the best game I've ever played, it's a football game, I don't care. It's a racing game, I don't care you know it, and i think that people are far more um mm. split up by genre in video games compared to your uh, your board games <laughs> for example just trains um or ticket to ride for everyone else um didn't interest me in the slightest but trots but would still play it it was yeah. actually quite good and i do i i think it's a big thing i think it's a big problem as well with the uh, video games industry i
0: suppose that there's enough video games out there isn't there that there's so many people making them Mm -hmm. that you can you can really dig into a niche if you really like first person shooters or mmos or 2d pixel art retro games you can just just play those and there are hundreds and hundreds of titles that cater to you Mm. whereas with board games although it's an expanding market there's there's less there for you and I suppose you're also, because you're playing face to face with someone, you've kind of got to cater for other people's tastes as well so yeah. maybe a bit of compromise, oh I'm not into deck builders but I'll give that one, new one a go because Jamie really likes them, let's have a go kind of thing I think you actually
1: be- though that, while you're on that topic, it does actually seem to be people are more open to trying new things when it comes to board games, or at least even if it's some a genre or a type of game that they normally don't like playing Mm-hmm. they'll tend to give it another go uh i mean i I've, I've got i used to play a lot of first person shooters when i was younger uh, i used to play a lot of um i played call of duty one and two and i played uh counter-strike um i think 1.6 things like that years ago and then i kind of got out of the first person shooter games and i'm not really that interested in getting back into them now but at the same time if you Look at games like you've got Euro games, you've got Ameritrash games, you've got the bluffing games, you've got all these different styles of things in tabletop. And some of those I've kind of done to death a little bit. Um, For example, I've played enough of now things like The Resistance uh, or Werewolf to probably not, for the time being, maybe try another one. But then if a friend of mine came to me and said, Oh, I've got this really, really good, you know, um, sort of party game, bluffing and things like that, I'd be like, Yeah, okay, let's give it a try. So. I don't know, I just feel, feel like there's a little bit of a different kind of approach by some gamers.
0: Yeah, I think there's also... I mean, you talked about Gears of War 4. It looks like mm. Gears of War, but it's mm-hmm. prettier. Battlefield 1, it looks like Battlefield, but it's prettier. Yeah. You can't get away with that in uh, in board games. Um, because mm-hmm. of the... And it's mostly cosmetic, isn't it? The, the new generations of consoles or your new graphics card for your PC that pushes it forward. Yeah. You can release the same thing and it looks prettier and everyone thinks it's new. Mm-hmm. And it's not, and maybe us being a bit older and a bit cynical, or uh, having been there and played that, if you like, um, we're not going to be quite as caught up by the hype because we've seen the hype before.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would say the evolution of of games. Um, even though the technology is really advanced further and further, and obviously we're seeing a lot of interesting things with VR um, and AR at the moment, a lot of the kind of traditional style games still haven't really progressed that much, as far as game mechanics go.
0: Yeah, I think as well that the size of the industries. um, We talked to some amazing people when we went to um, the Board Game Expo. Um, I got to talk to the creators of the new Call of Cthulhu edition, for instance. Mm. Um, We interviewed uh, all sorts of people. um, Mm. And you can't really do that in video games. There's thousands upon thousands of people all clamouring for the same
2: kind of access. Yeah, you're right. The same Mm. access and. Who do you talk to? Um, mm. We yeah. spoke to people that made Lantern. All four of them. O- oligarchy, the the two main people that made that. You don't have that in video games. <laughs> do you want to talk to the bloke who
1: made yeah. four Trees? I you made Geralt's um, face. It, it, it doesn't work quite as well. An and <laughs> yeah. I think with the indie games, you get that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, the indie games were kind of all crammed together and it wasn't really clear who was maybe a developer, who was like, like somebody who was playing or watching... Um, even to be able to sort of, you know, start asking some questions.
2: I kind of got the impression that there wasn't anyone in, of any import mm. there at all. It was just people herding people into boxes. Go and look at the new thing over here. Um, yeah. The closest I've, I... I, I yeah. did see someone being interviewed. They had a camera and they are talking to them. So I stood behind them and pointed at my Critical t- 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 <laughs> T-shirt and walked off. Um, you that's job. brilliant. Yeah. I'm but- not wearing mine. Oh. Like, like, and what, like you said, with the um, the evolution, as it were, of games and board, video games and board games. With video games, if you make it a bit prettier and continue the story of it, yeah, that's that's all a lot of people want. But yeah, you you need a big mechanics change for someone to justify spending the same amount of money. To be fair, on yeah. a, on the second version of a board game, it needs to be actually different.
0: Yeah, you still get different versions, but. You don't get a new one every year.
1: I was like, you guys were talking about uh, like Matches of Madness, you know, version one and two, and uh, even then, how big of a change it would need for you guys to go back to. Yeah,
0: I mean, they've changed it and they've turned the the DM in that game into an app that does it for you, um, Mm. which saves you having to spend an hour setting up a half hour game, which is nice, um, but it's still not going to be different enough, uh, for me at least. It's also really expensive. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, would you would you go back to Eurogamer Expo? Would you want to go back and maybe spend more time there to be able to join in these things, or have you? Has it not enthused you in
2: any way?
1: I don't think Joe would. Would you? Um,
2: like this time, I went. It was free, and if I'd paid money, I'd have been disappointed. There is no way I would pay to go to this again. Yeah. Or anything similar. Um possibly if it was free. I remember halfway through the day thinking could could've just stayed in bed. Yeah. Watched a couple of YouTube trailers and played a game on my PlayStation. Um
1: mm. see, I'm I'm glad I went. I I'm glad I went. And again, um, you know, it's nice that it was it didn't cost us anything at the time. But again, if if you had to pay to go, and especially I imagine the ticket prices were quite high, um, probably wouldn't. But then again, if I got the chance to go again for free, I totally would. So,
2: I mean, I'll say I'm glad I got to go. Yeah.
1: Because it was an experience, mm. even if it wasn't a particularly positive one for me. Shall we talk a little bit about the uh, the tabletop showing that was there? Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. What did yeah. you what did you find tabletop so wise? There weren't any sort of developers. Okay, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say
2: quickly. Yeah, sorry. Um, do, you want, do you want to know the ticket prices? Yeah, so a, a day ticket averagely is about 18 quid for Thursday okay. or Friday. Um. Not quite bad as I thought it would be. 22 quid for Saturday, yeah. Sunday. Um, a multi-day ticket okay. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday yes. and Sunday. Okay. £65. Now compared to the 25 quid for a weekend pass at the Games Expo. I'm just looking it up Pretty
0: now. There, they were they were, about that, yeah. I
1: think That's they were 25 quid last time we went. It's not quite as much as I thought it was going to be, because like I said, I didn't even look at the prices prior to, uh, to going. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit surprised it's not slightly more for the single day tickets, but at the same time, I still probably wouldn't pay 20 quid again for it.
0: Yeah, it does seem... It's a lot pricier, especially if you're going to be standing in a queue all day.
1: Exactly. Uh, again, it, it, it has that kind of same vibe that you said earlier about um, being a bit like a theme park. You know, you, you pay a fair bit yeah. to get into a theme park and in queue all day. No, so. you buy a
0: wristband and then you just go on soar four times in a row until you don't know where you are and then you fall over. <laughs> true story, true story. That sounds
1: like a really good day.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, what, what tabletop stuff did you find?
1: Right, so basically, um, like I say, there were no... Um, developers there you know pushing the tabletop games what it was was um as devium games were there uh, yeah. who are a distributor of games um and they advertised quite a few things they didn't quite have what they advertised for some reason maybe they had them stashed away somewhere else um on the poster and on the sort of adverts going into the show uh there was the uh x-wing tabletop game um carcassonne Dice Masters, Star Trek Frontiers, Cortex, Cash and Guns were advertised. Uh, but we found actually that they've, I think they'd swapped a couple of those things on the day, because they didn't see any Dice Masters. No. Um, I don't think we saw Carcassonne. Um, but I seem to get the impression the no. point of the setup was just to introduce people to Top, to top, top Gaming. You know, it was um, maybe aimed at people that had never played tabletop Top Game before, and they were like, okay, here's some... You know, video games players, yeah. let's try and get them on board. Um, so they did have um, the X-Wing game, didn't they? Yeah, X-Wing
2: uh, X-wing was there, and... Star Trek Frontiers. There was a couple of copies
1: of Cthulhu Pandemic yep. going about as well. Playing. Right. Um, yep. Yeah, they had two tables set up with that. Um, and that did look quite interesting. I do like Pandemic. Um, what else have we got? Pictures. Uh, they had... Oh, they also had the um, Final Fantasy card game. Okay. Um, which doesn't particularly interest me. But I no. Don't you Do try. they have
0: giant oversized cards that are impossible to wield?
1: <laughs> no. It looks very much like a standard kind of CCG, LCG style setup. Um, the tables themselves, they, they had, I think, about eight tables set up. Um, kind of like mini dining tables, enough for about or maybe six people are pushed to sit around Um, and uh, all of them were full which is quite interesting Uh, there did seem to be there were a couple of people there in in sort of red t-shirts these these deviant ones going around sort of facilitating but um, they didn't nobody I was sort of hanging around for a while taking some pictures and nobody came up to me and asked if I wanted to get involved or anything like that they didn't seem to but then again, mm. at the same time, the tables were full, mm. so maybe they, you know, would do so if the. Ta- this know, is this is something finished.
2: I I kind of wanted to, to mention um, with it in in attitudes, is that when we again comparing it to the Games Expo, um, I remember quite a few times hovering over a table watching someone play something because it looked interesting, and they'd normally go, Oh, if you have played this, it's really good, or this this isn't great, or you know the way we would when people would come and go, oh, what you got. And the couple of times yeah. I got near a table and looked, I got these kind of slightly nervous looks from the people playing. that are Clearly video gamers going, mm. oh, no, they might be judging me because I'm not holding a controller. Yeah. Um, mm. And it just, I don't know, that little bit to me just was a bit depressing.
0: And a very yeah. different feel. I suppose because <laughs> Eurogamer does cover board games.
1: But they do. They, they Quite it's, patchily. It's also in recent years, yeah. Mm. Um, so it was just a little bit disappointing. But then they had a, <laughs> I think, um, was it Sam pu- uh, pointed out there was like next door to uh, the board games there was kind of like a seating lounge area, which is still part of the, in a way, the game yes. setup. That's where the banner was. Mm. Um, but there was just kind of just lots of people sort of chilling out. But I think, <laughs> how did Sam put it? That, that was the place that old people go to yeah. die. <laughs> <laughs> there were just lots of <laughs> sleeping um, old people on them. I look forward to it soon. There really was. Now, we did manage to, at one point, um, sort of stand around and look uncomfortable until some people left, and then we took their seats and played some winner over between cool. the tables, um, which was, yeah, that was actually kind of interesting. Um, but strangely as well, nobody really came and sort of paid any attention. We thought maybe, uh, you know, so it seems it was next to the tabletop setup that some people would be interested in what we are doing, but they didn't really seem to be.
2: In- in-
0: so it's more of a video gamers event with some tabletop stuff added on.
2: Yeah. And it just, like, again, yeah, like yeah. I said, there's this massively different vibe where I felt people were very much engaged in everything that was going on at the games expos and going, Oh, even if they walked over and went, looked at what you were doing and went, nah, and walked off, you'd they'd still be looking Whereas people just seemed to go, Oh, yeah. they're playing a the card game it just yeah I, yeah i i didn't really enjoy myself there the company was great and it was quite fun walking around having a laugh but the event itself i thought was pretty poor fair yeah. enough
1: it was very shiny but but could have had a lot more going on the um the retro gaming section was was kind of cool um actually kind of similar to what we're doing next week they had lots of different old systems set up crt screens uh, and you could just sit down and start playing a, a classic game uh, things like sort of Manic Minor and uh Mario Kart and some of the original ones. Cool. Um so that was kinda of cool. And they did have quite a good variety of old systems as well, uh, which you'd expect as it was a big event. Yeah, um, um actually
2: I will I will be positive about one thing that they had there. It's about time, Joe. Um <laughs> I very much liked the amount of effort they had put in to the esports stage. Um mm. they had the proper booths for people just to- for the teams to sit in that were soundproofed and stuff. They had a massive seating area so people could sit and watch the games. It was counter Strike Go, which I'm not interested right. in, but it was very nice to see that being a, a proper thing that they'd made an effort with there, because I quite like my eSports. Yeah. Um, I'd have preferred it to be some sort of MOBA, but yeah, I that, that I kind of went, oh, that's really nice that they've they've made an effort with this. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, they've made an effort with a lot of things, um,
1: just not on, you know, talking or infusing other people. I think a, a lot of it comes down to the actual the people that were there, less so the organisers of the event. Um, the I mean, we went to a sort of careers fair um, section where they've got a lot of universities there sort of promoting with their courses, you know, getting into games development degrees and things like that. Um, but there were a couple of companies there um, sort of promoting themselves as maybe for like graduate jobs and things like that. Um, but Joe, you you had a chat with them, didn't you? Yeah, I did.
2: I spoke to um, two, the two that weren't labelled as universities, mm-hmm. uh, thinking that any contact details might be good for Colin, with his skills in, in that area. Uh, the first one I spoke to was reasonably helpful but were saying oh well we're more of a teaching thing we don't we're looking for people that haven't got qualifications yet so that's not particularly applicable which was fair enough um i then went to speak to the other one and i said oh have you got any um contact details or any sort of anything i can i can take away and he kind of looked at me slightly blankly and went, uh, contact it, oh, we, we've got this, and handed me a bit of paper and then wasn't interested in talking anymore. I was like, hmm, that, that's great for someone that might be looking for a career. Um, I, I just think video game is a weird now. <laughs> it's it, Yeah?
1: Yeah. Mm. I mean, maybe, maybe we're just getting old, but yeah, it did seem a little bit antisocial.
2: Yeah, the entire mm. that, that's a very good way to describe the entire thing, actually. this just lack of interaction and and stuff and because when you went to sit and play games you would you went and sat at the thing and put your headphones on and oh you sat at the thing put your headphones on and kind of ignored the world and just played your game for half an hour then got up and left and yeah uh, yeah it just felt a bit strange actually the one that was really people were really getting into and talking to everyone was the Destiny they had a bit where you had to you play through one of the new things that have just come out on the new dungeons, yep. essentially, and mm. you would—they were getting teams together and doing speed runs, and the quickest run of the day won a thing. Okay. Mm. And they had a big—a guy stand up, go right, everyone, right, get ready, get your loadout sorted, everyone sorted, right, five, four, three, go, launch, let's go. And that was like there was quite a bit of energy in that.
1: That's true. Mm. Yeah. Um,
2: I mean, those sorts
0: of things are harder to do than just putting up. Twenty playstations and going right, you've got twenty yeah. minutes. Mm. Um, but they're the kind of things that would make something more memorable, more interesting, something you couldn't do on your own.
1: If there were a lot more things like that, I'd be much more uh, encouraged to go again. Yes, um, yeah. definitely. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, that was uh, the Eurogamer Expo then. Um, We've got a little bit of time left, so we'll just have a quick chat about uh, some of the other things we've been up to, um, some of the gaming we've been doing recently. Uh, where would you guys like to start?
1: Um, well, Netrunner. Shall we talk about Netrunner?
0: Yeah, we'll talk about uh, Netrunner. i so always we've happy to. We recently started our new Netrunner series, um, where Jamie and Joe are tutoring myself and Aaron respectively in uh, in how to play and how to get into it, and we're aiming to... Go along and play some tournaments and such like, which is completely outside of my comfort zone. Um, how have you guys been fa- finding it having little pupils to teach? I
1: think it's been quite cool. I mean, I don't think we've had a chance to play quite as much as I'd like to yet, um, but the the, uh, the games we've played have been really interesting, especially introducing you to the game um, and a lot of the sort of more advanced mechanics. Because um, I think you picked up the basics very quickly. Um, which is quite cool, and then starting to get into the whole deck building side of things, and having a sort of back and forth um, on uh, on Messenger about maybe ideas for decks. It's been quite quite fun.
2: Yeah, th- and yeah, we um, me and Aaron have sat and discussed a couple of ideas for different things. Um, the distance is being a little bit problematic, but we played a couple of games on Genteki.net um, and discussed a couple of ideas <laughs> for different decks um but aaron having played in tournaments and deck built with magic and stuff before is a he's a little bit happier making his own decks at the moment i believe um but we do uh, he's also been fairly we've both been fairly busy so i think what we're waiting on really to get any major progress is both starting up uni again this week and being able to play on lunchtimes and just having that kind of yeah. time to actually sit down and progress a bit further than we have so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've been absolutely staggered by the depth of the game. And it's something we'll talk about more um, in a couple of weeks when we come back to Netrunner for a full podcast. Um, but there's just so much going on with it. There's so many different directions you can go. Mm. Um And I found it really useful because although Jamie is supposed to be um, my Mr. Miyagi, I've also been borrowing Joe um, here and there. Um, Having people to guide me through it, I think had I just tried to get into it on my own, I probably would have bounced off of it because it's there's there's a lot to it. Mm -hmm. But having a sort of community around it um, has really kind of eased me in. And I've been um, building my own decks Ah, mm-hmm. shiny decks. I can't really the camera's in a weird place. Um which I'm now kind of going through and changing and reiterating, which is something I didn't think I'd be doing.
1: Yeah, is there any um because obviously you've you've picked your IDs, your identities for your yeah. your decks. Um and I know that you said you're gonna probably stick with those at least for the next while while you kinda of get used to them. Yeah. Um how have you found that kind of experience though?
0: Well I I said actually I I would play Wayland and uh Max. I then found a slightly different Wayland ID. I found the Arcus ID, which I'm very much looking forward to using. Uh, sorry, I've been uh using a lot, but I'm very much looking forward to murdering people with um in a more competitive manner. Um I didn't try Max as I said I would in the podcast, um, because she burns through her, her cards very, very quickly. And it leaves you kind of, you need to know how to get those cards back out, um, and to, to sort of get the right things in your hand and know what to look for. Yep. Um, so I picked something that was slightly easier and actually been really enjoying playing noise, uh, the virus guy, but I, I'm finding him hard to get
1: working. Yeah. Um, it's a lot, of, a lot of fun to play, a lot of moving counters around. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah i'd still be quite interested to see you make a max deck work
0: yeah i think i'll definitely have a go just to because she was the original appeal mm. um but i'm quite happy trying to make this this guy work. So i think i can mm. uh, but i think it's just something that's going to take me to be being more familiar with what i'm doing yeah um but the wayland deck is working wonderful i've killed loads of people yep. it's great you killed
1: me several times um
0: I have, and uh, Joe and I have been talking to our friendly local gaming store. Um, well, Mostly Joe, actually. Um, and we're going to look to arrange some events, starting off with sort of core decks and similar, and building up from there so people can join in. Uh, and we even all went, we went to the pub and
2: introduced some people, new people to Netrunner, so that was quite fun yeah.
1: as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We seem, seem to be getting more and more people interested in the local area, which is really good.
2: One of the things I found really interesting is... How even this early on in getting into the game, people seem to have play styles they like. Um Yeah. Like me and me and Jamie are very much at odds with our preferred style for playing runners. Uh Jamie likes to establish a good rig and then be able to do what he wants. I I prefer to be hyper aggressive early, um and then try and build up a little bit more later on which is, or find ways to not have to build up at all, like using bad publicity and blackmail
1: yeah, that's evil. Is my favourite combo ever
2: <laughs> so yeah, that that's interesting um, commenting on yeah. Brian's de- Brian's decks, because um, I've sat and played both of your decks a couple of times now to test the others yeah. um, oh, I found your Wayland one is good I like it um yeah i i think there's always room for potential tweaks in any deck um because i think after a certain point it's it's preference more than anything else but that that's been a lot of fun to play and it's open uh talking about other wayland decks has opened my eyes to a couple of interesting possibilities as well yeah noise doesn't play the way i like to play but i think the deck's good. You, it, as we've spoken about, though, like you said, it's it's slow. It needs to speed up a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I've been I've been making little tweaks, and I've been a bit of a nerd. I've been uh, keeping a spreadsheet and tracking my changes and making comments because there's quite a lot to juggle. Um, so sort of keeping a record of what I've been doing, um, talk mostly to help my own thinking so I don't... Sort of forget and making notes about as we've been chatting online or in person, and going, oh, what about this card or that card? And I've been making notes on things to try and things to change. Um, yeah, I've actually really enjoyed that process uh, because it's something that you've built yourself, and therefore, if it works, you can pat yourself on the back, and if it doesn't, well, it's up to you to tweak it and change
2: mm-hmm. it. This is this is one of the things that I. I think it's part of the reason I was slightly shocked when you said no no deck building sounds rubbish. It's not something I ever want to have to do. Yes. Um yeah. but I am I'm glad that you've seen seen the light, I guess. Um Well it, on face value to me it was tedious. Um and... I think in a lot of games it is. Mm. Well, it very much can be, but like you said before, the the massive levels of depth that Netrunner has. Yeah. Gives you so much of the puzzle to work out.
0: Yeah, I think the idea of looking at it as a puzzle um, is quite interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I mentioned actually on the on the last Netrunner podcast we did that um, like the next time we go to a tournament, rather than just taking decks that I think might win like I did last time, um, I want to take some decks that are probably gonna be a little bit more fun to play, or at least more interesting to play. Um, and with that I'm still I'm still hauling around my Jinteki Personal evolution of deck, which is just mm. um, lots of net damage and, and quite good fun um and it's you know quite a variety of options every time you draw five cards you you know you've got something to work with um but my my other option I did mention a little bit secretively that um I wanted to make a another deck work for the runner um and it's still not quite there, so what I've, what i'm doing i'm I'm sort of trying to get a kit deck working. Um, and and Kit has an interesting ability for breaking uh, code gates. Um, she so can basically turn otherwise into code gates, which is a certain type of ice protecting servers. Um, and uh, I've, I'm using Refractor to do that, which relies on stealth cards. And at the moment, there's some interesting stealth cards in the game, but it's not quite there. And in I think uh, the, the next data pack that's coming out, or the one after um, Escalation. There's suddenly gonna be a big influx of support for stealth cards. So um I'm actually hoping that comes out before the next tournaments. Um but um but yeah, I'm slowly getting it working. I think it just needs a couple more bits and pieces to to add to it to really get it there.
0: Yeah, it's been really good. It's been really interesting. Um and I'm I'm looking forward to actually sitting down with the four of us again and really talking it through. Absolutely. Uh, which will be three podcasts time four podcast time soon Mm. soon soonish yeah (laughs) Um, the other thing we did then um just to to round us off is um a few weeks back uh joe and i introduced jamie to malifaux Mm -hmm. um which obviously long time listeners know me joe aaron and colin are, are big fans of but jamie you'd never played before you'd never that's right um, so we went through, um, it was round about the time actually we were talking about how to introduce people to uh, Malafoe, which was our last Malafoe podcast. So would be quite interesting to see did we do a good job?
1: <laughs> I thought it was an interesting game, definitely. Um, I used to be into some of the tabletop gaming, um, such as Warhammer 40K, um, The Lord of the Rings, fantasy battle game, things like that. Um, and I've always kind of preferred the more strategic, kind of smaller armies and that style of play so from that point of view yeah I thought it was was very interesting um, I liked the use of cards um, and I never really thought before but from a game mechanics point of view how different it is using cards to using dice um, because the whole fact that once you remove a card that option's gone so whereas you roll a dice the same thing could come up more than once so it does change things quite significantly um, I don't think I'll be at the moment going out and buying myself a starter set. Um, I may play again uh, with some of your guys' figures. Um, and try and get back into it again sometime. I just, I think at the moment I'm just so focused on things like you know Netrunner and other things at the minute that I haven't really got the sort of capacity. Brain space. Yeah, the brain space. <laughs> um, too much, too much brain damage. um <laughs> to hold it all in my head at the minute, but um, no, I thought it was really interesting um, and certainly if I was going to get back into tabletop gaming, it's probably the one I would go for um, I like the the figures are amazing, um, the the art style is really nice, I like the whole aesthetic of kind of a little bit steampunky I like that side of things um, yeah, and again it, it plays very well um, I just I'm not sort of itching to get back into it again just yet
0: yeah, these games can, especially when you're new to something,
1: uh, they can be a
0: huge sort of time commitment um, to get this. Yeah, I
1: felt as well it had a lot of depth, um, which it's the sort of game you could get really good at if you learned everything about it. Um, again, similar to things like Netrunner, you, if you knew every other miniature in the game and what it could do, and you could think really sort of, um, strategically, um, yeah, it would be really interesting.
2: With what you said there, I've I've made that a comparison to some people before. Um recently actually when like talking about Netrunner and whatnot. That like the the jump from magic to Netrunner in complexity and depth I think is pretty big. Um there's a lot you can do in magic, but it mm. it's all you kinda of go down one of a few different paths. Uh, Netrunner there, I think there are a lot more paths, there's a lot more variety, um, mostly from the, the bigger card selection at any given time, um, and the relative balance, is unlike Magic. And I think that the same sort of gap exists between, say, 40k, um, or War Machine even, and uh, Malifaux. They're, they're the thinky end of the spectrum when it comes to those types of games. And I think that can, like you said, it's something yeah. that you can get very, very good at. Um but you have to know the game and there's a lot to know.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean there's still there's still gonna be certain things in the in the game that are favoured and lots of people are playing, so like Netrunner, NBN decks. Yes. Yep. People playing lots and lots of tags, lots of psychographics, lots of exchange um, of
2: information. yes yeah
0: those kind of things that that you have in your deck joe yes Um, because they're wonderful and made me feel sad when i played that particular deck because i didn't really have any idea what was going on and then i lost um but i think part of the, the the fun of those games the puzzle is how can you how can you beat them yeah um whereas certain the way like that the codex creep used to work in uh, Warhammer forty thousand and Warhammer Fantasy Battle, for instance was whatever was new was almost unbeatable
2: um, actually that that's a fairly interesting point because um, I don't know if it's it's why I gravitated towards war machine because there was very much an attitude within the community of how do we beat that as opposed to what I was used to in yeah. games workshop of oh that's really broken. Now, actually, thinking yeah. about it, that could have purely just been based on the fact that War Machine were making a more balanced product. So you were thinking, "Oh, okay, that it's actually beatable," as opposed to 40k, when because of Codex creep, you had that idea of oh, it, it, that is just better than anything else available. Um yeah. So that might have always been part of it, but yeah, it's 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 good. I like it. I like the I like the puzzle. I like the fact that you go, "Oh, that's a thing." Right, okay. Now I need to go back. Maybe those aren't as popular anymore. Maybe I need to put something in that can deal with that because there's always an answer to anything. It's just finding the space for it. Yeah. It's often the choice you need to make.
0: Excellent. Yeah, so definitely been enjoying um been playing quite a lot of Netrunner. Mm. Um, which has actually taken up a bit of my Malifaux time. <laughs> um, but I know next weekend we're going to be getting back on the Malafo in time for our next Malifaux podcast, um, which will be uh, will be good. Uh, but hopefully some more games at Netrunner in there as well.
1: While um, we're well, on the topic of Netrunner, I will just mention as well, um, I had a new delivery this week of IVE, which I've been waiting for for a little while. Um quite excited to get. Um, I received the Worlds of Android book, ooh. Um which is a really nice hardback um book by f. f. g um that covers kind of like the um somewhat sort of like the the bible of the game of the android universe it covers the whole background of um where the game setting is based uh, all of the different corporations and where they fit into the world uh the different types of factions from from the humanity side of things um and just really a, a lot of the decisions of why the kind of the game is like it is is it sort of all stems from here um the thing i'm most excited i think though about this is once i've finished reading it is i really would like to try and like make an rpg based around it mm-hmm. um and i've been looking at different systems and one of the systems i'm probably most familiar with is the cipher system um i've got both Numenera and the strange and uh, I think it would suit uh, a Netrunner styled uh, RPG really well. Um, so, once things have died down a little bit of work, because it's super busy right now, I think that's one of the things we're going to start focusing on is looking at how we could make mm. an Android RPG. Maybe you actually even live stream that in the future.
0: Yeah, that'd be really cool. Uh, we've actually our next RPG based podcast will be on DMing the game and how to run and how to get people interested and that kind of thing. Uh, but I think that would make a really good example. Um, and let us know if you agree or disagree um, at people out there in the wider world. But using that as an example, maybe of doing a podcast on world building, so how to build your world and how mm. to maybe tie your world into the mechanics and and that kind of thing. Yeah, that'd be, really, be really, really good. good.
1: Mm.
2: Cool. Excellent. Yeah, I'm still here. still here. I was considering making a, a very running joke, running campaigns and trashing them with a certain amount of money. <laughs> could bribe Rob to stop ah. playing something. If we give you four pounds, yeah, and we, we trash think- this campaign and install a new one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, we had a very, we had a, a d- bit of despair in our role play campaign, didn't well, we? We had a
1: horrible week of death. Yeah. The week we... before last, it was quite depressing. Um, we
0: lost NPCs, PCs, the will to live, yeah. faith in ourselves as human beings.
1: <laughs> Next, uh, this last week, though, was a little bit more inspiring. So, yes,
0: we yeah. actually accomplished something, um,
2: murdered some people in their sleep,
1: which is always fun. <laughs> um, We're actually quite good at stealth.
2: Yeah, Mutant's always been the game of trying to not fail roles. Obviously, any anything you're playing, you want to succeed all the time, but... Yeah. Yeah. Mutant's been about surviving when you don't. And I think we might have, like, between the group, failed one roll that session. Mm. Um, yes. Which was amazing. I think Rob was shocked how badly we did the week before and then shocked how well we did this week.
1: I think we needed it because we did. if we hadn't, I think we'd have just been completely turned off the game at that point.
0: Yeah. If that's anything with any kind of randomness to it as well, that those things can happen. Um,. And I think it's good to be pushed on, and we didn't yep. let the the bad times stop us from trying again.
2: Overthrow the metal
0: overlords. Yes, uh, but once the metal overlords have been overthrown, then of course we can, uh, we yes. can move on to <laughs> running nets. the running nets, the internet overlords. Yes.
1: <laughs> Am you
0: Google? <laughs> which which evil corporation from Netrunner would
1: Google turn into? NBN sort of, I mean, NBN's obviously the news network, uh, but yeah. Google's all about data and advertising. So, if you had to give them, what it'd probably be NBN, yeah, possibly. Probably merger with Fox. Yeah. I think a Google merged with Fox, they you've got NBN. Oh God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything, everywhere.
0: Yeah. This is where we suddenly, because we've said this, we just disappear from all search engines, and no one ever finds us again. <laughs> <laughs> we have angered them. <laughs> They've traced us, they've found out where we are,
2: but we're in different locations this time, Brian.
0: I'm sure they could manage to send three people round rather than one group of three and
1: um, plus, this will probably end up on YouTube and then they've got that automatic like you know voice recognition stuff on there, so they've probably actually scanned for you know certain terms.
0: Quick, say nice things about
2: Google.
1: Google's awesome. love Google,
0: yeah, yay.
1: <laughs> don't
2: like fox
0: (laughs) yes other competitors are worse Mm. cool well uh, thank you very much for uh, listening everybody Um, please remember if you did like it click the button that says like otherwise we don't know that you like it Um, and if you want to hear more um, if you're interested in our netrunner role-playing game or um, Malifaux things that we just mentioned um, then please subscribe. They'll be appearing soon. Or you can even go back in time um, and listen yeah. to them in the past.
1: And uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, by chance, um, you know, Apple's not very open with how many listeners we have or anything like that. So if you could leave us a review, if you could like hit some stars, um, uh, or even just send us a message on Twitter to let us know you're listening, that would be really appreciated.
0: Yes, that would be great. Um, and you'll find all the links and stuff for that below. Uh, It'd be good to hear from you. We're having some nice conversations in the um, in the comments on YouTube, actually. Mm. Um, And we've even had uh, a couple suggestions for team names for our Netrunner teams. Oh, excellent! Um, So, if if anyone's got any ideas for what we could name the teams, uh, that'd be great. Thank you very much. Uh, I've been Brian Ennis. I've been Joe Lewin,
1: and I've been Jamie Myland.
0: We we have this weird pecking order, don't we? We worked it out from the beginning. Got really Uh, confused because
1: Aaron wasn't
2: here. Yes, yeah. go he, after always Aaron.
0: Goes, he always goes second, doesn't he? Mm. It's like there's definitely a hierarchy. Well,
2: apart from that week, I took over and then I went first and you went last for some reason.
0: Yes, yeah, I was pushed round all the way round in a circle <laughs> to go in last again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's cool. Thanks very much. Uh, we've been the critical twits. Until next time. Bye. Bye.
1: bye.